last week, this last week has been what we call in uh, our celebrate week. We celebrate our city by serving our city. Uh, thanks to all of you who were involved. Thanks to all of you who participated. Thanks to all of you who prayed. Uh, we really saw the Lord do some amazing things. And maybe some of you are here this morning uh, because you came to celebrate week last week. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, if you are new, we'd love to welcome you with a gift. So please stop by at our connect table on your way out. Uh, but the Lord really um, did some amazing things last week, and I want to reaffirm everything we came here to do, which we say to be a community-centered church, uh, to bring real hope and real help to all people, to truly be a light in the world. And the Lord is using you to do that. The Lord is using this church to do that. And so we had many profess faith in Jesus, many uh, served. I was so encouraged just to see uh, we did not lack for servant leaders at all. We did not lack for enough hands and feet to do the work of God. Uh, and I was just looking around like, man, this church is a year and a half old, and the Lord's really doing all this. This is crazy. Uh, super thankful. And so uh, I met, uh, this is a really funny uh, or a good little story. I met on Thursday night, right before we were singing and dancing with the kids, I met a guy who came in here with his wife, and he introduced himself, and then he said, I was the, I was the associate pastor here 40 years ago, 40 years ago, when it was Graham Road, United Methodist Church. Uh, he was the associate pastor here for several years and was actually back in the area because he was doing a funeral for one of his congregant members from 40 years ago. Uh, that still were very close to him as a pastor. Uh, and him and his wife, I took them on a tour of the whole church. Uh, and they were just like, wow, you know, everything looks very different than it did 40 years ago. Uh, extremely, imagine pews and all the things, right? And um, but they were so wonderful. And, and the one thing he said to me that was very encouraging was like, it's just a blessing to see there's still life in this space. Uh, and so, yeah, amen to that. The Lord really uh, encouraged my heart. And it's a good reminder that we are a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. We're a part of something so much bigger than City Light Church. We're a part of something so much bigger than your life, my life. Uh, and it was, an, it was a really encouraging time for me to say, man, like 50 years from now, 60 years from now, who knows? Um, probably most of us won't still be a part of what, whatever's going on here, who knows? Uh, and to think about the fact that this is a kingdom work done by kingdom people. We are all citizens of the same kingdom, brothers and sisters in the same family. And what you are doing today, Lord willing, other people will benefit from 50 years from now. And to think about what they were doing 40 years ago probably looked an awful lot different, a lot different than what we are doing now in terms of how it looks, but the essence is the same. In terms of the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached and proclaimed and the neighborhood being served and loved. And so just remember, your time here and your season here, whether it's one year, 10 years, or 100 years, is an investment not only in the present, but in the future of everything God will continue to do. Because the gospel and the work of God cannot be stopped. Simply cannot be stopped. It cannot be stopped. Uh, and so that was awesome. It was encouraging to me. I thought uh, hopefully it would encourage you. Now today, we are on our fourth and final week of our Instructions of Reconstruction series, helping you, your friends, and family navigate your doubts, hesitations towards the Christian faith, helping you understand the very essence of what it is that we actually believe, helping you understand how to build a good life and use the right bricks so that you're building a life of intentionality. Next week, we start a 10-week series through Mark called Who is Jesus? Answering the most important question in the world. Who is Jesus? It's going to be a great time to explore that. Bring a friend, bring a family member. We're going to be very clear uh, and answer that question. So these four weeks, we have answered these questions. What should I believe? Who am I? Where do I belong? 
And today, the final question that we answer is, what is my purpose? As we have said, these three last questions, who am I, where do I belong, what is my purpose, are even what researchers will tell us, statistically, the three most important questions of the human race. You know that inherently to yourself, and then researchers know that by asking people questions about what's important to them. Who am I? Where do I belong? What is my purpose? Based off your answers to these questions, you will build a life. You will build a life based off who you think you are and what your identity is. You will build a life based off where you think you belong, who your people are, where you fit in, and you will build a life based off what you think your purpose is. What are you here to do and accomplish? What is really the meaning of life? If you get the answers to those three questions wrong, you're going to spend your whole life living in the wrong direction. And if you get those answers to those three questions right, your life will make sense and it will be as it was designed to be. So this is very, very important. So if you missed the last three messages, please go listen to them, YouTube, podcast. It all works together. It'd be very important for you to understand that. So the question, do you know why you are here? Do you know what it is that you are supposed to do with your life? Do you know what the meaning of your existence is? What is this all about? Do you ever wonder, is there a great cause that you should give your life to? Or should you simply make the best of whatever situation you find yourself in to make your life as happy as you can make it? Is the goal to be successful? to gather as many things as I possibly can, to get enough resources to make sure me and my family are secure and safe for generations to come? Is the goal to maximize my pleasure and happiness at the expense of whatever it might take? Is the goal for me to get mine, or am I supposed to be out to serve others? What is this really all about? Am I put here on purpose, or is this all one big cosmic accident? Does my life matter, or does it not matter? What's the reason for the feelings I have and the things that are going on in my life My hopes and my dreams, all of this put together, what am I supposed to do with all of this? What am I supposed to do with my time and my life? Every human being spends an awful lot of time trying to answer this question. It keeps us up at night, it gives us anxiety, it makes us nervous. It also makes us excited and gives us a reason to live. So do you have the answer to this question, what is my purpose? Now, when you Google this question, which is the number one research you should, you should be doing, when you Google this question, you say, oh, my pastor makes his sermons off of Google, okay? So be encouraged, right? No, no, no. Here's the Bible. I'm going to give you the Bible, but here first. When you Google uh, this question, the very first thing that comes up is an article by uh, a writer at Berkeley uh, at the as prestigious university, um, and he gives six different pieces of advice as to how to find your purpose, okay? This is the number one thing that pops up. So if you, if you search for this, this would be the first thing that you clicked on. Here are his six pieces of advice. And as I, as I read his six pieces of advice, I was smiling, and I'll, I'll tell you why. His first one, number one, read. Okay, number one, read. And he means more than uh, an Instagram caption, okay? Read, like books. Okay, number one, read. Number two, turn hurts into healings for other people. Number three, cultivate awe, gratitude, and altruism. Number four, listen to what other people appreciate about you. Number five, find and build community. Number six, tell your story. These six things this writer has said are the six essential things to finding purpose in life. And I was smiling the whole time because he is both right and wrong all at the same time. These are very good things. 
But apart from God, these are methods without the means. These are style and no substance. Something superficial when all along you needed something supernatural. Everything that's mentioned here is something that Jesus and the people of God actually provide. So he's headed in the right direction, but he needs to know the path. Read. That's what the Bible says. Read your Bible. You want to read something so that you can actually know how to live your life, read the word of God. He said, turn hurts into healings for others. Jesus himself said he came to bring healing not just to the body, but to the soul. And we as his people, as we build a church based off Luke 4 and Isaiah 61, are people who intend to bring healing both body and soul. The best way to turn hurts into healings is to include healing the soul. He says, cultivate awe, gratitude, and altruism. And is there a better way to cultivate awe than being in a relationship with God? What are you supposed to do? Go stand at the Grand Canyon every day for your life? How are you supposed to cultivate awe every day? Where are you going to get a sense of awe from every day? You can get that only in a relationship with the greatest person in the, in the world, Jesus Christ, the God-man. Awe comes from a relationship with God. Listen to what other people appreciate about you, which is nice. But what if God himself had thoughts about you. Wouldn't that be way more important to know what God appreciates about you? Find and build community. This is literally the church. As we said last week, you were made to belong with God and with the people of God. That's what you were made for. And until you find your place with God and with the people of God, you will always be searching for a place to belong. You fit according to your form. As we talked about last week, you have been formed for God and for the people of God. Find and build community, yes, in the church. Expand your family. You don't just need friends. You can have a ton of brothers and sisters. This is what God offers you. Then finally, tell your story. Come on. We call this, uh, in, the, in the Christian world, witnessing or testifying to the grace of God in my life. These are all things that we ought to be doing, but apart from God, these are methods without the means. They are style without the substance. They offer something superficial when you need something supernatural. It's good advice, but it's hollow like one of those chocolate Easter bunnies that's just hollow. It's just the outside, it's a piece of chocolate, and the inside, there's no substance, and it's disappointing as soon as you bite into it. So it is with you and I. Maybe this has been your experience of trying to live a life of purpose. You join a cause. You look inside yourself to find what you are passionate about. You attempt to be successful. You try to say nice things to others and be a good person. You try to read and be informed. You try to get healthy. You try to find different ways to spend a life of purpose. You try to make more friends and expand your community. You try to tell your story, but something doesn't fit. It doesn't seem to work or satisfy or complete you. And that is because you are trying the style without the substance, the method without the means. The reason for this ultimately is that your purpose is about God reflection, not self-expression. 
This is very important. We're gonna work through that and it'll make more sense as we go along. Your purpose is ultimately about God reflection, not self-expression. Your life is first about who God is, not who you are. Finding purpose requires finding God because until I know him, I simply cannot know myself. The substance of purpose, the substance of a life lived with meaning and intentionality, the substance of being satisfied, complete, joyful, happy, purposeful is God himself. He is the substance. So to try to find these things apart from him is to have a hollow life and a hollow sense of purpose. And you know it because you've been living it. And part of what I'm here to do today and have been the whole month as we've been talking through these things is to help you find yourself apart from yourself. Culture wants you to find your purpose by looking inside of yourself, to find your identity by looking inside of yourself, to express yourself. That is the ultimate form of life. And it is an empty life and it is a destructive path. And what I'm here to do to tell you is your identity does not come from yourself. Your place of belonging does not come from yourself. And the meaning and purpose of your life certainly does not come from yourself. And you will never find yourself, find the place where you belong or live a life of purpose until you stop thinking about yourself. It's not gonna come from you. This has been my mission all these four weeks to say the opposite of what the world is saying you every day. Find yourself, live your, live your truth, find your purpose. It's empty. The world will give you methods, but they can't give you the means. The world will give you something superficial, but it cannot give you something supernatural. There's no substance. So some of you today, God is going to reveal the reason why you're here on this planet for the very first time. Your eyes will be open through repentance and faith. You will find your purpose in living for him. Some of you today, though, God is going to remind you of the reason why you are here. You once learned it. You received it. You are currently a follower of Christ. But in the midst of just trying to manage your life, you have forgotten the reason why you are here. You have not been called to simply to survive, but to thrive. So let's look at Genesis 1, as we've been doing every week. Let's start at page one and learn what it is that we are about. Genesis 1, 26 through 28 says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. After our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish and over the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I have been, uh, just in these last four weeks, increasingly convinced of the importance of these three verses. I obviously thought they were important beforehand, but every answer we are searching for in life starts in this place. It starts at page one. And this is so important for us to understand. So I want to do something real quick is make the connection between what we taught the first week and what, we taught, what we're teaching now so that you connect the dots. In the first week, this, the, the sermon titled, What Should I Believe? We taught this, that the truth of humans being made in the image of God is foundational, not optional, for building a belief system that includes equality, justice, and rights. 
A life of purpose and meeting, serving others, necessitates the worldview that people are made in the image of God. They have more value than a plant or than a cow, and you ought to treat them differently. And if there's oppression or injustice, there ought to be justice. Where there's inequality, there ought to be equality. Where people are not being loved and served, there ought to be rights. And apart from people being made in the image of God, you have no real rational reason to pursue equality for all people, justice for for the oppressed or human rights of any kind. This is essential. If you want to live a life of purpose, a life that makes the difference, it necessitates a Christian worldview. It necessitates Genesis chapter 1. You have no choice in this matter. If Genesis chapter 1 is thrown out the window and you throw God out the window, then you throw equality, justice, and rights out the window. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You need God if you want to live a life of purpose and if you want to pursue justice, equality, and rights. And since these are the three words that are the mantra of our culture, I want you to understand as the culture tries to tell you to pursue equality, justice, and rights, but they do so apart from God, it's the same thing. Method without the means. There's no style, no substance. They're giving you something superficial when you needed something supernatural. You cannot, 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 cannot live a life of purpose that seeks to help people apart from the worldview that people have worth because they are made in the image of God. You cannot, you cannot. I want you to understand this. You cannot. It doesn't make sense and you have no reason to serve and love people or to treat them, to see someone in need and say that not be so, to see someone being oppressed and say I ought to bring justice. You have no reason to do that apart from people being made in the image of God other than your personal preference. You have to have Genesis 1. You have to see this. So, in light of all the caricatures of Christianity around, I want you to know this. You do not have to leave Christianity to be a person of justice. As a matter of fact, you must hold on to the truths of Christianity to be a person of justice. And the testimony of Christian history, counter to the narrative today, is full of being a people of justice and purpose. Christian history is filled with leaders freeing slaves, establishing schools, raising literacy rates worldwide, building hospitals, being the catalyst for scientific revolution, serving the poor, saving unwanted babies, building orphanages, liberating and valuing women, among so many other things, Christian history is filled with these things, we are a people of justice and purpose. You cannot dismiss Christianity based off the caricatures you see in the world around you when thousands of years has said otherwise, and when the Bible itself, the very basis upon which Christian beliefs are built, says otherwise. Christianity is a people of purpose because we serve a God of purpose. We imitate our Savior. This is why we value people and why we serve the least of these. You cannot miss this connection. To build a life of purpose, you have to have the right foundation. Now, looking at Genesis 1, what do we learn about purpose? Here's really the main thought. The purpose of people who have been made in God's image is to represent the God who made them. This is obvious, but listen to this. We are made in God's image to be an image of God. I'm going to say it again because it might have been too simple that you're like, duh. Okay, the purpose of people who have been made in God's image is to represent the God who made him. You have been made in God's image to be an image of God. You exist to represent God to the world. Listen to me. You were never intended to live for yourself or try to represent yourself to the world. 
You were never made to make the most of yourself. You were never made to put the best image of you forward. You were made to image God. And it is in the reflection of God that you will find the reason for your life. You were made for him. And this is why nothing else seems to work, no matter what image you cultivate for yourself, no matter how many likes you get on that image that you have cultivated, no matter what great cause or organization you represent in the world and how many people that organization or cause serves, it never has and still is not fulfilling your desire for a life of purpose and meaning. It is in the reflection of God that you find the reason for your life, your purpose, is God reflection, not self-expression. Your purpose is to point to him, not to yourself. Your purpose is to give God glory, not yourself. Your purpose is that others may know and love God, even if they completely forget about you. This is the backwards truth of the Bible that is so opposite of the way we think that it is precisely in the place that you lose yourself that you find yourself. And until you let go of your own purpose for your life, you will never find the purpose of your life. It's God reflection, not self-expression. And just like a mirror is made to reflect, so are you. Mirrors are not made to be in and of themselves. Mirrors are not made to look inside of themselves and try to bring something out. Mirrors have one purpose, it's a reflection. And so it is with you and I. You are made as a mirror and your purpose is to reflect. And if you spend all sorts of time trying to conjure up something from inside of yourself, you will miss the very reason of your existence. You cannot change the fact that you have been made a mirror. You did not make yourself. You have been made in the image of God, whether you like that or not. Your purpose on this planet is to represent him to the world, whether you like that or not. And until you align your life with the purpose of God for your life, you will always be missing the target. You are a mirror. You are not made to bring yourself into the world. You are made to reflect God to the world. It is ultimately not about who you are, what you can do, what you were made to do, what you think you were made to do. It is ultimately about what God has designed you to do. You are a mirror and you will find your purpose in reflection. So let me think about this a couple ways. Number one, to reflect God, if I'm gonna reflect God, then he must be in front of me. This would seem obvious, but this is why the scriptures are so helpful and valuable as we learn what our purpose is. Because your purpose is not first to do something, but to receive something. A mirror doesn't work apart from an object in front of it. And like it would be a mirror trying to run around, trying to figure itself out, so it is with us trying to find our purpose apart from putting the right object in front of us. This is why Psalm 24 says this, one thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, or to put it shortly and succinctly, to put God right in front of me. 
My purpose and the one thing that I desire is to be face-to-face with God, to be right in front of God. But some of you, especially those of you who are Christ followers, are trying so hard to do something when God first wants you to receive something. Listen to me, please. You cannot live for God if you do not live with God. You cannot live for God if you do not live with God. And you are trying so hard to live for God and to make a difference and to be a good person and to follow the Bible. But you cannot live for God if you do not live with God because you are a mirror. And if God's not in front of you, you will not reflect who he is. You have to understand this, okay? Because the whole world wants to tell you you're autonomous, self-determinative, independent. You look inside of yourself and you bring yourself to the world. And that is simply not true. And you know it because you're inside of yourself. And if you thought about it for one second, you would come to realize this to be true. But you are a mirror no matter what you think. And you will reflect whatever it is you put in front of you. You do not simply express yourself based off what you think about yourself. No, 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 no. You're reflecting what the world tells you you ought to be. And if you put the world in front of you, you will look like the world. And if you put God in front of you, you will look like God. So here's the question for you and for me. What is the object that you reflect What is the object that you reflect? What is always in front of you? What is always in front of you? Work? Success? Status? Money? Family? Celebrity influencers? What are you always putting in front of you? What are you putting in front of you? I hope you understand this, and myself included. We are mirrors. That's not by choice. You're a mirror. You do not self-determine or self-express. You reflect whatever it is you put in front of you, whether you like that truth or not. It's what's happening to you. And so now, if you put the world in front of you, you're reflecting the world. And whatever the world loves, you will bring that out. And then if you put God in front of you, you'll reflect God. And whatever God loves, you'll bring that out. And so the question for you is not just what do you believe, but what are you putting in front of you on a daily basis. To reflect God, he must be in front of me. He must have my priority. He must have my time and my attention. So what is the object that you reflect? What is it right now? What is it that's in front of you? What takes the main stage in your mind? What has the greatest influence on your life? Because to reflect God, he must be in front of me, which is why to find my purpose is not just about doing something, but about receiving something. You cannot live for God if you do not live with God. I hope you know this, that God wants a relationship with you. It is not God's intent just to use you for something. Just that you would live for him as if he needed your help. God's not like, well, if I can get enough people to follow me, I can use them for this. Uh, No. God does not need you or me. Zero. Zero, zero, zero. And so God's primary goal is not to use you for something. It's to be in a relationship with you. 
to love you and to be loved by you. And in this place of a relationship with God and putting God in front of me, I now become that which I behold and I reflect the God that I love and I serve. And most of your character building and most of your reflection of God will be a byproduct of simply putting God in front of you, giving him your time, your attention, and everything that you have. So what is the object that you reflect. You cannot live for God if you do not live with God. So here's the second thing we need to see. If I'm to reflect God, then what is his purpose? I wanna, I wanna be like him. My goal is to be like him. As a matter of fact, I was made to do what Jesus does. I was made to do what God is all about. And so I need to know what is God all about. And the clearest place we know what God is all about is in the face and in the life of Jesus Christ. And so what I wanna do now is take a few minutes just to work through some verses about what Jesus is all about. And so that you can now know, remember, okay, this isn't like, oh, whether I like those things or not. Okay, you're made as a mirror, and I'm made as a mirror to reflect who God is being made in his image. Now, we see the clearest representation of who God is in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And so as much as we learn about what Jesus does and what Jesus is about, then we know what to reflect and what to image. And when we find out what we ought to be reflecting and how we ought to be living, then we will finally find the sweet spot of our purpose because our purpose is God reflection, not self-expression. You do not look inside of yourself to find out what you should be doing with your life. You look to Jesus and you reflect who he is. So here's what Jesus has said about what he came to do. What is the purpose of Jesus Christ? John 12, 46. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. So Jesus comes as a light and then he tells his people to go be the light of the world. As much as I bring light into dark places, I reflect my creator and my savior, Jesus Christ. John 18, 37, then Pilate said to him, so are you a king? And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose, I mean, this couldn't be more clear. For this purpose, I was born. And for this purpose, I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus came to bear witness to and to clarify what is really true. And now you, as his image bearer, reflect Jesus the most when you are a person of the truth. A person of the truth. The big truth about the gospel and the way of Jesus Christ and every other truth being a person of the truth. Telling the truth, bearing witness to the truth, sharing about Jesus Christ. We reflect Jesus when we are people of the truth. Mark 10, 45, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus, why did Jesus come? He could have rightfully came and just said, all y'all, I made all y'all, you need to bow down and serve me right now. But that's not how he decided to do it. He came to serve and to serve to the extent that he would give his life as a ransom for many, that those who believe and trust in him may be saved. So we reflect Jesus, we find our purpose when we live a life of service and sacrifice for others. As opposed to seeking people to serve me and opposed to seeking abundance, I now seek to serve others and I now seek a life of sacrifice. 
And it's the irony of the truth of the Bible that in the very thing I think would take away my life, it is the very thing that actually gives me my life. That as I seek to serve, I find the purpose for which I was made. But if all I do is ask others to serve me, I end up empty. So Jesus said it that way. Mark 2, 17, Jesus heard it. He said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This is why Jesus is described as being a friend of sinners. To reflect Jesus means that we place ourselves around the hurting, the outcast, and the marginalized of society. We do not run away from the places that the world disdains, but we enter into those relationships with those people, including ourselves, and we are a people among the hurting and the outcast. Whatever the world discards, we love. That's what Jesus calls us to do. You reflect Jesus when you love the hurting and the outcast. Luke 4, 18 through 19, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This verse and the verse it references, Isaiah 61, are the very things upon which we have built this church. That Jesus' goal, as we said in the beginning, is to bring body and soul healing Remember our man from the beginning, point number two, turn hurts into healings for others. You know who does that the best? Jesus. And you know who represents that the best? Jesus' people when they prioritize this work. How foolish would it be for us to spend our time fighting about politics and personal preferences when the Lord has given us a direct, clear mission to go set people free and to bring justice to the oppressed and to be his hands and feet to bring good news and to bind up broken hearts. We have a clear mission to accomplish and anything else is a distraction. This is what Jesus has called us to prioritize. We are a people who care about the body and the soul. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Very simple. Why did Jesus come? To seek and to save you, to find those who are far from God and invite them into God's family to die and rise again so that you could be saved. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. So how do I find my purpose? I find it when I reflect the reason for which he came and when I spend my time and my energy and my resources seeking and saving the lost. This is the mission of Jesus, and I find my purpose when I reflect him. 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. As I said in the beginning, your purpose is supernatural, not superficial. You will find your purpose when you engage in supernatural, spiritual battles. 1 Timothy 1.15, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. And everybody testified and said amen to that. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save you. To save you from yourself and to give you eternal life in his name. So the purpose of Jesus is crystal clear. There's no questions about what Jesus' intent is and why he came. And therefore, if I am simply a mirror, then the purpose of my life is crystal clear. Whatever Jesus did, I do. 
And in my following him, I find my purpose. And now I have style and substance. Now I have the method and the means. Now I've moved from a superficial life to a supernatural one. And my life and my purpose are no longer hollow. This is why Jesus said in Acts 1, 6 through 8. So when they came together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses or my mirrors, my image bearers. You will reflect me and show me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Your calling is simple, and Jesus has made it abundantly clear. Whatever I did, he says, you do. And now your goal is to reflect me to everyone that you meet. So last week, as we close, I want to give you this final thought. Uh, I was at the beach and hanging out with my family. Spent a couple of days there. It was a good time. And, and when we were at the beach, there was a store, and it said, everything five and under. Okay, so I have six kids, so getting, like, random toys or souvenirs is like, I ain't, okay, I'm not walking in trying to assess. You spend 15, you spend 20, I ain't doing all that. Okay, so I'm trying to manage my money, all right? So I want to bless my children and manage my money. So I thought, okay, $5, there's six kids, that's 30 bucks. That's very manageable, great. Everybody can get something and be happy. It'll probably not be very good. It'll break on the way home, but they'll at least have gotten something. They'll feel good about it. So I walk in, I'm like, that's fine. Everybody go in. You can just pick something. I don't have to manage it. You don't have to show me the price stack. Everything's $5. I already know how much money this is going to cost me. Y'all go into the $5 store. Everybody goes in, and within three seconds of being in there, I see some signs. And the signs say $5 plus $3.99. dollars plus $6.99. There was even a $5 plus $12.99. I thought, that's almost $20. That's like the opposite of $5. Your sign is a lie, okay? And now all my kids are grabbing stuff, and now I'm like, oh, look. Uh, one of them wanted like a T-shirt. I'm like, a T-shirt for $5, and that was one that was like $17. I'm like, this is totally, like, y'all a bunch of liars in here. But I felt like, you know, I just needed to surrender that moment to the Lord and just let it be. I didn't want to get in a fight with the guy there, and I wanted my kids to be happy. So I just rolled with it, and I definitely spent more than $30 than I was planning to spend. And I was very frustrated internally, but I was trying to be happy on the outside. Uh, but you guys know this is how it is for our life as well. The world makes us promises, and it looks good on the inside. Here's a life of purpose, a life that makes you happy, a life of joy, they say. Find yourself by expressing yourself. You will truly, finally live your truth. You'll be happy if you do this. Agree with us, and you'll fit in and be successful invaluable. You'll find the good life here. That's what all the signs say. But you've all known because you've walked into the store. And every time the world offered you purpose, the price tag changed. Every time the world offered you joy, the price tag changed. It was never what was promised to you. And you always had to give more than what you thought going in. And that's the frustrating thing of trying to live a life of purpose and find your way in this world. But here's what Jesus offers you. There's a big sign outside of the kingdom of God. There's a big sign outside of a church like this. 
that says salvation is free. Free. Not cheap, but free. Bought by Jesus Christ, by his life, death, and resurrection. And this is guaranteed. And anybody who's walked into the store or accepted the sign and walked in has found, and you ought to testify to this if you're here and this is you, that everything you thought he promised, he made good on and a hundred times more. And Jesus isn't lying about the price tag. He says, if you trust in me, it'll cost you your life. But it's in the very place that you give up your life that you find it. And so the question now is, will you finally, finally live a life of substance? Stop being tricked by the promises of the world. Every time you walk in, it'll change. But the promise of Jesus is secure and salvation is free. And it's offered to you and to me. And when you find your life in him, you will find your identity. You will find the place that you belong and you will find your purpose. And everything that Jesus promised will come true and more so. So will you walk into the store today with him? Will you trust his life, death, and resurrection for your sins? That you would not just find your purpose, but that you would find salvation today. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the free gift of salvation that was bought by your blood. Oh, Lord, we were made to reflect you to the world. I pray, God, for each one of us that you would free us from ourselves, from trying to find ourselves and express ourselves and, and create a life of purpose for ourselves, God, and that we would just lose ourselves and that we would find ourselves in you, Jesus, that you would reveal yourself to us. God, that every soul that has been far from you, God, would find their home in you today, that they would accept the free gift of salvation that you offer through your life, death, and resurrection, Lord, and that every soul who's been wandering around asleep, God, would wake up and live a life of real purpose and meaning by reflecting who you are to the world. Jesus, help us. Lord, we thank you for all you've done and all you continue to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you stand, let's respond to the Lord.